Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Trick Talks. My name is Barbara Lally and today we are going to speak with Jesse. So we're going to give Jesse a few moments to log into the live and then we will get started. I see Jesse now. Hello. Hi. How are you? Yeah. I'm good. Are you ready to get started? Yes. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your trick, where you started pulling from, how old were you, things like that. Um, so I was 11 years old. Um, it started initially, like, I think when I started middle school, um, initially I would just, like, break, break apart the split ends of my hair and, like, knots and stuff, and then eventually that kind of just turned into pulling it out. Um, so I was 11 years old. Um... And, yeah, that's basically how it started. And then it got worse, like, over time. Um, and when I was in high school, when I started high school, um, I got my first bald spot. And um, that was hard dealing with hair loss you know as a teenager um and what else um and then eventually I got a um what's it called sorry sorry I'm a little nervous that's okay um, I got a uh, glued on hair piece when I was 16 because the hair loss was just so bad um and then when I was, um, when I was 15 years old, I started pulling, tweezing my eyebrows, um, for the first time ever. Um, initially that just started kind of just as like regular grooming, you know? Mm. Um, but then it got to the point where I just couldn't stop and I tweezed, um, eventually, as the years progressed, I tweeted, like, all of them out, and as you can see, I don't have any now, so. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, when did you notice that um, things were kind of, you know, getting out of control, and then did you, um, you know, seek help right away? What was kind of that journey to find out what trichotillomania was? Um, so my mom kind of knew and took notice of it, like, pretty early on. Um, in the beginning, I didn't necessarily feel, like, shame about it. Like, I, it was kind of just, like, a weird thing that I did. And, um, you know, we, we, um, 
sorry. <laughs> we, she, she kind of, like, found out what it was pretty early on. Um, she did started doing some research. Um, but it wasn't really, like, I started seeing a therapist um, for the first time when I was 12 years old. Um, and I saw her for about a year, not even a year. And then, um, and then my dad actually started seeing her and I stopped seeing her. I don't really remember why. I just, it wasn't really like that helpful to me. Um, but then later on when I started high school, I started seeing her again, the same therapist. Um, but yeah, it wasn't really an issue for me. Like in the beginning, it was kind of just like this weird thing. My mom, um, my sisters had experienced, um, my older sisters had experienced like self-harm and stuff like that so we kind of my mom kind of thought it was something similar to that um and then it wasn't really like it wasn't really a huge issue for me until like I said when I started high school and um started developing bald spots and that's when I really started to like take over my life and I started to feel shame about it, and, um, and, yeah. How did you find out about the hairpiece that you eventually used? Um, so that was actually from Hair Club for Kids, which provides free hairpieces to, um, kids with medical hair loss under the ages of 18. And I found out about them through the TLC Foundation Conference for, for BFRBs. Um, that's when I first found out about the hairpiece. And um, like a month later, I got fitted. It's, it was like custom made. And it was, that was a really amazing experience. Because um, it allowed me to grow my hair back underneath. It was like a glued on hairpiece. And um yeah, that was really amazing because I got free hair pieces, you know, and I got to get, like, pampered for every two months, and it was, it was completely free, so that was, that's a really amazing, um, organization, charity, hair club for kids. And how long, um, were you able to have that on? So every two months they would, like, adjust it? Yeah, the, every two months it would be, like, maintenance, and I had it for a total of a year. And then I, um, I actually cut my hair into, like, a short little pixie cut, um, after a year, and I took the glued-on hairpiece off, and, um, so I cut my hair into, like, a short little pixie cut, and then after a month of that, I actually shaved my head. Um, I didn't necessarily need to, like I had a full head of hair, but I just wanted to try. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, a lot of my friends from the conference um, had shaved heads. And so I figured like, 
it was my last year of high school. It was my senior year. And I decided to just try something different. And um, it was like literally the day before my last day of high school. I, I did that. I shaved my head at home. And, and um, you know, people were like surprised. Like, I didn't really talk that much in school. So I didn't have a whole lot of friends and stuff. But like, so many people came up to me and said that they like, look that I looked you know really good and that I was like brave and everything so that was nice and cool yeah that's awesome now how many times have you been to the TLC BFRB conference um I've been to five of them um from 2015 up until the most recent one which was in 2019 and that conference is in a different city each year a different U.S. city um and it's really, it's a, like um, an amazing experience. There's like hundreds of people that go and you get to meet and be with people who understand exactly what it's like to have um, trick or, or BFRBs. Was that the first time you met someone in real life that had trick? Um, I had met, I went to in about six months before my first conference i went to a one-day workshop from tlc in new york city um i live about 40 45 minutes from new york city so i went to a one-day workshop and there was like people there um it was mostly older people like i was 15 at the time um but there was a couple of teenagers so i got to meet them and um, but the conference was really like the like the life changing like pivotal moment for me. It's wonderful. I I read that your mom, you and your mom, led a conference like a. Um, oh yeah. Can you tell us we, a little bit about that? Yeah. So in um, in 2018, we led a workshop at the conference together for um, for teens and their parents. And just kind of like talking about our journey and how we found like acceptance and got to a place of like being able to communicate with each other. Yeah, can you share some of those like helpful tips that maybe you shared during that conference, that workshop? Um, <laughs> I honestly don't really totally remember. Like, um, honestly, what has really helped us the most with our relationship was, has been going to the conferences together. Um, and, you know, just that has really helped her. The more, the more that she learned about it and that I learned about it, about just trick in general, um, was helped us to be more accepting of it. Mm -hmm. Now, at what point did you want to come to social media and kind of say, you know, this is me? Have you always been open to, you know, the community and, and the kind of like strangers about your trick? Or was that something that happened over time? Um, that happened over time. Like in the beginning, I didn't want anyone to know about it. Like I was in the beginning, I was. Um, well, like I like I mentioned earlier in the beginning, I didn't really know much about it. I just thought it was just like a weird thing that I did 
And then when I started high school and it got worse and it progressed and I started losing my hair, um, that's when I started feeling shame towards it. And um, I, it was like my biggest secret. Like I didn't want anyone to know about it. And I felt like I was living like a double life. Um, you know, I presented this version of myself to everyone else. But in reality, I felt like fake I felt like a fraud because I'm like that's not what I actually am like and that's not what I actually look like and there's like you know all this stuff going on underneath the surface and um going to my first conference in 2015 that's when I really decided to come out and be open about it and I made like a big post on Facebook and social media and came out to my like family and friends and that was really my um cut like official coming out and that's and since then I've just never never stopped talking about it you know mm -hmm. um since then I I've realized that I want to be open about it I want to because I don't want people to feel alone like how I did and um, what really helped me was meeting other people at the, at the conference and, um, yeah. When you said out loud on, on Facebook and on social media that you had it, did you have anyone from your past that reached out to you and said, Hey, I, I do this too? Um, so there was that was my like official coming out but a year prior i had shared a video that somebody else made about trichotillomania and i didn't like make a caption with it or anything i just shared the link to the video i didn't say that i had it so that was kind of just like testing the water sort of and someone from um a girl from my math class like the year prior or whatever um, messaged me and was like, hey, I, I did this too. I didn't know that that's like, you know, and I didn't even mention that I had it. I just shared this link to a video. Um, but um, she was like, I do this too. And, you know, thanks for sharing that. I, I didn't know that this is like a real thing and stuff. And then, um, when I made the post um, that saying that I actually had it, my um, one of my family members, actually like relatives, came to me and said that that uh, he actually does it too. Um, so yeah, it's interesting that you know, and I and I never would have known. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I find that every time I share even with people who I just met, they either know someone who has it or they have it. It's because I yeah. feel like so many people hide it, but then when you're given that opportunity to like share it in a safe environment, they do. Yeah, and I've noticed that the more that I share about it as time goes on, the more that people actually know what it is now. You know, um, in the beginning, like people, people kind of, we're like, oh, what is that? That's, you know, kind of weird. And, and now I feel like word is getting out there and people actually know what it is. Um, 
which is amazing. Mm -hmm. Are there different tools that you have in your like trickster toolkit that help you um, when you're feeling really strong urges to pull? Um, well, I have a lot of fidget toys. I have one like right now. This is actually a dog toy. <laughs> um, I use those a lot. Um, talking to my friends and people who understand is really helpful. Um, yeah, I would say those are my, like, biggest things. Mm -hmm. Are there certain types of fidget toys that you like better? Like, I noticed that one has, like, spikes on it. Yeah, I like the, I like textured ones. Like, I like the spikes on this one. Um, I like the squishy ones. I have, like, a whole basket full of them. I don't really, I actually don't even really use them as much as I should. But, but, um... You know, for something like this where I'm just sitting idly, um, I know that my hands get, like, antsy, so I figured I would be prepared. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I sit the whole time, like, I'm talking, I'm, like, moving a ring around. Like, I'm, like, make sure I have to have rings on, so even if I'm not, like, on the camera, I'm doing something because I feel the same way. Like, my hands almost get, like, a mind of their own, you know? Yeah, for me, I, I wear, like, bracelets. I always wear, like, some kind of bracelet or something. Nice. Now, when you were in school, I know I, I had a really hard time being able to control my urges in school. Like, I, I would pull pretty frequently. Is that something that you noticed you did as well? Um, I didn't really pull that much when I was actually physically in school. Um. Actually, that's not true. No, <laughs> I did. Um, yeah, it was really hard. And it's hard because, you know, you're self-conscious thinking like, oh, my gosh, can people like look at me? Like, do they, you know, I don't know. I have no idea what people think or not. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, sometimes we people are people are a lot less notice a lot less than what we actually think. Um. But, of course, when you're doing that, you're, like, really self-conscious. And I would think, you know, like, can people see what I'm doing? And do they, are they wondering what I'm doing? But it would just be, um, you know, pretty strong. And, yeah. So I would, I, I would have, like, and it's not like I could, like, carry something like this around in school. I would have to be more discreet about it. Like, I had, like, smaller fidget toys. Or, or same thing, like you said, like, bracelets or rings or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Are there any areas in your life where, you know, you know you go into a certain room and you might be triggered more to pull? Um, well, for me, um, right now, with for the past, like, year or two years my eyebrows have have been the bigger issue more so than my head like I have a full head of hair for the first time and like you know well I've had a full head of hair for like at least two years now which is amazing <laughs> yeah um but my eyebrows um I get really triggered by, like, the texture, so even, even though it looks like I have no eyebrows, I can feel, like, right now, like, the roots, like, the prickly little roots, 
and that's like triggering for me and so I get like tweezers and a magnifying mirror and um so it's not necessarily like specific rooms but it's just like feeling it and um you know and I tend to do that a lot I tend to feel them a lot so I I tweeze them like even though even though like I said it looks like I have nothing there I tweeze them with the magnifying mirror and get like the very fine tweezers to get like the the little roots um do that like every other day practically Mm -hmm. texture is a big thing for me as well I just recently um pulled a bunch of eyelashes out because when I touched them they were prickly like that and I'm like I don't like you have to go you know and I um, exactly (laughs) yeah and I like I have to keep doing it until I feel satisfied with the texture that I have so I had pretty much all of them here and then it's like near you know about half just because every time I touch them they were prickly now when you are in front of that mirror is there a way because I usually feel like I'm in the zone like I'm like I need this out I need these I need this to happen is there a way that you're able to kind of like snap yourself out of that trance or do you just allow yourself I honestly just allow myself to do it. <laughs> Me too. Like, it's different with the eyebrows. Um, it's different than with my head. Like, with my head, it's more subconscious. You know, like, um, like right now, for example, <laughs> you know, I just feeling it. I was, I was feeling my head just to show you, but then I get like, you know then I started feeling the texture and I'm like, Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. But I'm, sta- I'm able to just like talking about it. I'm able to stop myself now. But, um, but with the eyebrows, it's very deliberate. Like I have to get the tweezers and the magnifying mirror and I'm looking in the mirror and I know that I'm doing it, but I allow myself to do it. And because like I said, it's like, so it's it's different. It's interesting. I find it interesting how it's different um, with the eyebrows versus from my head. Mm-hmm. And I find it. I have a um, a pretty strong relationship with tweezers. Like I know some people for their journey, like they can't have tweezers in the house. Like I need tweezers in the house. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the same way. Like there's been times where I've gone on trips and. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm only going to be gone a few days. I think I'll be fine. And then, you know, first thing when I got there, I'm like, I need to find a CVS to get a new pair of of tweezers. It's ridiculous. But I, I would like, it would be worse for me if I didn't have them. Like, I would be more, I would be more triggered if I didn't have them. Like, that's something um and as you can see like I don't wear makeup I don't draw well I do wear makeup but I don't draw on eyebrows anymore um I used to in the very beginning and then after about a year I was just said screw it and I I don't draw them on anymore um so my eyebrows are like the one thing that I allow myself to um last year it was really really bad um with like the pandemic and everything 
I think because so much was out of my control, I, but, like, tweezing my eyebrows is one thing that I can control and feeling in, in control of. Um, so I w- went, like, overboard. Like, I was, I, there's been times where I would be stay up all night, like, five, six hours tweezing. And like I said, it looks like there's nothing there, but I get with the magnifying mirror and I, like, look closely and get, like, the roots underneath and get, get everything. Mm-hmm. And even sometimes, I don't know if you feel the same way, but even looking, I have some eyelashes growing back now, and they're growing, like, straight out. And so, like, even that sometimes can be super triggering, knowing that they're being able to feel them, but also now being able to see them, too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, um, what advice would you give someone who is wanting to kind of be open about their trick but they're a little bit scared? Um, honestly, I would say just go for it. Like, you know, um, I think one thing that is really helpful is to um, provide people information about it because a lot of people usually have questions so if you're armed with information that you you know like factual information about it and can direct people to resources if they have more questions you know um, I think that's very helpful rather than just coming out and saying like I pull my hair out you know because <laughs> um, uh, of course people are always going to have questions and it's, you know, it is something that a lot of people don't understand still, you know, um, like I said before, I feel like as time goes on, people are getting a little better, but there still are always going to be people that that don't really get it or have questions, um, so I think it's helpful to be armed with information and point them to resources if they need it yeah that's great definitely what would be some advice that maybe you would give to parents who have children with trick like what are some things that maybe worked for you and your family honestly i would say that the best thing that you can do is just love and accept your child for who they are and be there for them no matter what and you know um learn about it if you can learn as much as you can about it um I know it's like not necessarily easy for everyone but I would say for for me what was really life-changing was going to the conferences with my mom um it's not it's not necessarily easy to get there for everyone but if you're able to afford it and take that opportunity I would say um definitely go for that. That's great. Now, I know that you made sweatshirts and other shirts that had Trickster on it. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, that process and then if they're still for sale and where we can get them? Um, I have, do not, I'm not currently selling them. Um, it was, it was a hard because I had, in order to order them, I had to meet a certain minimum um, so it was hard to meet the minimum, 
um that was kind of like a limited release sort of thing um but yeah i wanted to raise money for tlc and um and then i also started my own little project um trickster sisters so i was raising money for that and um i just came up with the you know well i didn't i didn't come up with the word trickster but you know i just like that word i like identifying as that so they just said trickster on the front and then the back said um the quote i'm not this hair i'm not this skin i'm the soul that lives within with the green and blue bfrb ribbon but yeah unfortunately those were kind of a limited release um i was like pressed for time because you have like a certain with the company that i ordered them from um it was a certain um time limit it was like a certain um sorry i'm just drawing a blank um a certain like it was like a limited time you had to meet a minimum so unfortunately um i they're not for sale anymore do you think that maybe you may you know use a different company and see if you know if you want to sell them again um i mean it's possible i could probably find something else um yeah if people really <laughs> show interest in it yeah and tell us a little bit more about trickster sisters like where did you come up with that idea tell us what you did um so originally i actually started my um this one girl that i met at the conference who her name is kara she is now 11 years old um i met her in 2018 when she was eight years old in san francisco she lives in California. I live in New York. Um, and she, I just became really close with her at that conference. And she's become like a little sister to me. And so I call her my trickster sister. It's just like a little term that I coined. Um, and, you know, since we live far away, I send her packages and stuff like that for her birthday and Christmas and just um you know just randomly sometimes um she sends me stuff too when she can obviously it's a little bit harder for her because she's you know a kid so it's not coming out of her pocket like you know but yeah so I kind of got that idea of the packages from her you know because I I thought like what about people what about kids who um you know, well, particularly girls, just because um, that's what I felt more comfortable with, I guess. Like, um, what about girls who don't have anyone, who don't know anyone, and who might be feeling alone? So to get a package from, you know, like a big sister figure who understands what it's like and understands what they're going through. Um, so I started that two years ago. Um, I raised like over a thousand dollars and it was all like pretty much just donations. Um, I paid for some of, some of the stuff myself, but, 
most of it was donations which from you know generous people and i would send i send out a total of about 40 packages to girls and it was a lot of i have to say it was a lot of work um but i still keep in touch with a lot of the girls and their moms and the feedback that i got from them was just you know made me feel so good that i could do this for them well wow, that is such a beautiful and lovely idea wow yeah <laughs> yeah so i would send them stuff like i send them like a little teddy bear i have uh within the teddy bears right here i made like a little i made like my own logo and everything and like on the shirts <laughs> the teddy bears and um i would send like fidget toys and hair accessories like headbands or head covers and stuff like that and i would have them fill out their moms fill out a form online asking like their favorite colors and their interests and stuff like that, you know, favorite animal, things like that. And I would try to like tailor each um, uh, box, each package to the girls as like specific as possible to their interests and their favorite colors and stuff like that. Wow, that is truly, truly remarkable. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and this is, are you still doing this right now? I'm not currently doing it just because it was a lot of work. It's hard. It's and also the funds for it. Um, I don't. You know, it's hard to ask people for donations and stuff. Um, to have donations coming in and not having like a steady line. So, um, yeah. I'm, I'm not currently doing it. Um, maybe possibly in the future I could do it again, but right now I just, you know, not. <laughs> That's okay. Wow. I mean, I can't even imagine how incredible those girls must have felt getting a package. First of all, like very personalized and detailed and thoughtful, but then also from someone who has trick when they might yeah. never know anyone. I mean, that's pretty, that's very life-changing. Yeah, and a lot of the girls, um, well, not a lot, but s some of the girls live in, like, very rural areas, like Idaho or Kentucky, like, states where there's very little, if any, resources. So to be able to have, like, that lifeline that, um, you know, it made me feel really good. Wow. That's, that's really remarkable. That's a, such a lovely idea. Um, so thoughtful, generous. I mean, wow, that's, I mean, I, you know, pat yourself on the back. That's huge. That's huge for the girls. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. um, so let's talk about, you said you've had a full head of hair for about two years. What do you think led to that success? Um, I honestly, to be completely honest, like, I really don't even know. <laughs> um, I kind of, personally, I've kind of stopped trying so hard to not pull. I kind of just allow myself to, to be honest. Um, for, for a while, I would try to fight it, and it just caused me more distress. So I kind of just go with the flow, and if I have the urges, then I, you know 
like I said, I do have like the fidget toys and stuff like that, and I do try to use them when I when I can when I remember. Um, but for the most part, I kind of just go with the flow. Like if I have the urge, then I let it pass and allow my usually allow myself to give in. But if I don't have the urge, then I just appreciate that <laughs> and um you know luckily I I don't know I don't know how like I wish I had m more of an answer um but for the past two years I just have had very minimal urges and I just run with that and you know rebel in that <laughs> and appreciate that yeah sometimes I feel like um you know if it's out of sight out of mind I feel that I, I, you know, I pull less. If I'm hyper-focused, like, wow, I, look at all the eyelashes I have, then I find myself pulling them all out the next day. Do you feel that way, too? Yeah, I mean, I kind of, what has also, I do kind of feel that way. I do relate to that, um, because what has been helpful for me is when I stop defining so much of my worth based on my hair, and stop focusing so much on my appearance it kind of on on its own sort of fell into place so like instead of focusing so much on like oh my gosh I have bald spots oh my gosh well you know I, I wish I had a full head of hair kind of just like I, I know it's a lot easier said than done but kind of just like forgetting about that and um you know just focusing on living life mm -hmm. and kind of the urges sort of went away on their own yeah now during the pandemic were you in a situation where you had to be home like a lot of the time like under strict lockdown did that um affect your trick at all um i wasn't necessarily under lockdown but i was out of work for six months um so i i was home a lot and i was spending a lot of time you know, in my room, basically, and, um, like I said before, that feeling of, like, control, or rather, like, lack of control, and everything else around me is happening outside of my control, and it's very stressful, and my, tweezing my eyebrows was, like, the one thing that I could control, and so, like I said, I would spend, like, hours, like, I would spend like stay up all night for hours um sometimes actually a lot of times <laughs> um and would just tweeze them and like not even tweeze like, it it moved past the point of just tweezing like I would literally be digging into my face under my skin with tweezers and it, they would be like bleeding a lot and stuff and yeah it was not it was not good <laughs> um Things have gotten better, a lot better, since over the past year. Mm -hmm. Now, at your job, do you tell do you tell the people that you work with about your trick? Um, I so I work as a caregiver for a um, girl with severe autism. She's nonverbal. Um, so I, the only people I really I'm employed through an agency, but the only people I really interact with is like her mom and her family. Um, so they do 
I've mentioned it because I've become kind of like close. I've become like really close with them, like kind of like a member of the family. And, um, you know, I have mentioned it. We've, um, you know, in, in conversation and, um, I'm also friends with the mom on Facebook, so she sees those posts and stuff. Um, so yeah, I've mentioned it to them and they're very accepting of it and supportive. No, it's great. I feel like sometimes, you know, for me, when I was at school, you know, I was a teacher, um, I, I had a conversation with a student who exhibited like trick symptoms. And so like she knew, um, but I felt like I had to kind of have my fake eyelashes on all the time, you know, for other people. But once my coworkers knew, I did feel relieved because I didn't have to like hide anymore, even though I'm not really hiding now or, you know, in my really day to day life, sometimes at work, I did feel a pressure just like that I put on myself to not show my trick. Yeah. Well, like I said, I'm um, very open about it online. Um, and luckily for me, like I said, the past two years or so, I've had a full head of hair. But I also do, um, even though I have a full head of hair, sometimes I just get bored with my hair. So I do wear wigs sometimes still. Um, and so obviously, you know, the mom notices if my hair looks different, you know. So, yeah, I have mentioned to her that I wear wigs and, um, you know, she thinks it's cool. And, um, you know, my eyebrows, I, I don't draw them on. But I think with my glasses, like, it makes it a little less noticeable to people. So a lot of times people don't even necessarily notice that I don't have eyebrows until until I point it out to them. And then they're like, oh, wow, you know. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm at a place now where I don't really hide it physically. So that's definitely helpful, too. But even, even um, I've worked at a school previously, uh, well, volunteered at, at my church's school. And even the, like, the co-teachers that I... I was, you know, I was like an aide, and even like the the teachers that I worked with and worked for under, um, I told them about it even, and they were, you know, people have been very supportive. That's awesome. Now, as you wrap up, I just want to say it's been fantastic talking with you. I'm going to want to talk to you after this about the Trickster Sisters and, you know, some of the things that you've been doing, because it's amazing. Are there Are there any things that you want to say that we haven't brought up yet um well something um that you know it's not necessarily it's just an idea I've been toying with I guess and I think it's really awesome that you've written a book and published it um I I mean I love writing and I since I've made so many posts online I have been like kind of thought about the idea of writing a book um myself um and you know kind of kind of like in a format of like my previous posts and then just like commenting on them or sort of and just like filling in the gaps with the posts um because I, I've posted so much and it's almost like it is almost like a diary like a journal you know 
Um, but I don't have any, and I would love to talk to you, um, more, you know, about how you went about doing that sometime. Uh, I would love uh, to. But yeah, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't really, I'm, I'm constantly surprising myself with like what I come up with, you know, like with the things that I do and accomplish. <laughs> I hope that doesn't sound like, you know, vain or conceited or anything. But no, to me, it's true. It's true. I'm like, I'm very proud of myself and all that I've accomplished and, you know, I'm constantly surprising myself coming up with things that, you know. I didn't think I would, I would do, or, you know, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, you have definitely had a huge impact on the trickster community with everything that you've been doing, and I'm really, really excited to talk to you about your book. I would love to, like, help out in any way that I can. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Of course. So I'll talk to you soon, but thank you so much for being on Trick Talks. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me. See you later. Bye.